It be too late to alter course, matey, and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 103 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. You're welcome. Why, thank you. We have encountered one of those rare occasions where I simply have nothing going on. Nothing to start the ball rolling. It's like an empty vessel. I think Just that's a poem. Nothing going on. From a sitcom. Oh, it's from Friends. I can't believe that's possible. It's a poem about possible. Monica. No. If I just quoted Friends, it was completely on accident. <laughs> Otherwise, I had to be put to sleep. I send you to the deep. <laughs> it's a no-nonsense introduction day, except for the Friends comment that Heather just blasted me with, and now I'm not happy about things. Thanks to everyone who has been with us since the beginning, and thanks to all the new listeners. If you're so inclined, give us a like on Facebook and join the discussions on our Cursed Crew listeners Facebook group. That's about it. So are you ready to get the grog a-flowing? Let's get the ship a-rowing. That's just sloshing of the waves. It's okay. <laughs> In the previous minute, Captain Jack Sparrow proclaims it's an open bar for the upcoming Norrington Swan Wedding as he jockeys for the best man position, but is instead escorted to the helm to provide coordinates to Isla de Muerta. It's an interesting juxtaposition. I mean, a wedding and all, but headed to Isla de Muerta, to death do they part. Literally, that's what I'm saying. Wedding on Death Island. Exactly. It just doesn't make sense. Mm -mm. The rest of the wedding party is planning the penny nuptials in the brig of the Black Pearl, telling those embarrassing family stories like the one where Bootstrap Bill never liked the idea of mutiny and marooning Jack. It's one of those family stories we can all relate to, I'm sure. (laughs) Times... When the family skeletons come out, pun intended. Minute 103 begins with Pintel continuing to discuss the fate of Bootstrap with Will Turner. Why he sent off a piece of that treasure to you, as it were. He said we deserve to be cursed and remain cursed. Rigetti jumps in with, stupid blighter. The minute ends with Rigetti. That's what you'd call ironic. Pintel and Rigetti laugh at the irony of their cursed situation as Captain Barbosa comes below deck and throws the keys to them. Bring him. Since I always love to start things off with an alert, I have my cliche alerts, my... What other kind of alerts do I have, actually, now that I can't remember any of them? I do like the alerts, but for some reason I can't remember them now. Yeah. Only cliche is coming to mind. This must be a cliche? The cliche that... No, it's not a cliche, actually. It's probably the first. Or no, it's not really the first, actually. We've had other ones, so I take that back. It's the exposition alert. So wouldn't this be... So now i got to sit back and tell you a story, lads. Okay. It was a whale of a tale to tell you, lads. A whale of a tale or two. About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved. Night like this. No. So it's an exposition alert. The entire minute is actually exposition as we get the backstory on what happened to bootstrap Bill Turner. Will gets the scoop on the fate of his father, actually. We get it all. Last minute, we got a little tickler teaser. Woohoo! Now, this time, we actually get the... Well, kind of the gruesome details of this whole thing. Yeah. 
But as I was talking about exposition, writers and actors, for that matter, typically hate exposition because the scenes often fall into that realm of being boring for the audience. Screenwriters try and avoid it at all costs, but sometimes things really do force their hand and we end up with some storytelling. We've talked earlier when Jack was in the prison or the jail cell at Fort Charles and how behind the scenes stuff, he really hated to have to give exposition or to do some exposition. And he even blamed Terry and Ted and said, you guys are giving me exposition. And so they had to kind of bribe him with some cool words. So they do hate doing that. But in this case, this is some really cool stuff. Yeah. I don't mind the exposition here. Curse of the Black Pearl actually throughout the entire movie does a rather superb job, I think, at masking or maybe I could just say making the exposition seems enthralling for the audience. It's the deliverance of those stories by well-written characters and interesting dialogue that really keeps you tuned in and, well, not wandering off in your mind. Right. And you kind of need it with this movie. That you do. To tell you all the backstory. Because there's so much backstory to, to Curse of the Black Pearl. You really do need it. Pirate swashbucklers often are about legends and myths and things like that. And so you have to have some of that. I mean, you don't. I mean, there's things like Captain Blood and some of these other ones where maybe you don't. But this this actual story is built around a myth and a legend. So therefore, you have to have some of that information there. Right. Some of the previous story elements that we have come upon earlier in this film included Jack talking with Will and even a bit of it with Kohler and Twig both in the jail at Fort Charles. We also have Gibbs giving a grizzled Jack escapes the island rendition, Rum Runner's Island. And now we have Pintel with backup from Rigetti, which works rather wonderfully, I think. It helps that the stories are interesting too, as I said. So it's backstory we actually want to know. It's not, God, we have to know this for the movie, so we're going to sit here and slog through it. This is actually a cool story. And the way Pintel is actually telling it, it really Get you into it. Yeah, it feels, it feels like a legend that's being handed down to us by somebody who's actually witnessed it. Well, partly because he has actually witnessed it. Yeah. But if you were to sit there and this guy were to walk up on the street and you were to confront him before you'd run away in horror. You'd run away guy, just because of his teeth. That's what I'm saying. But before that, if you actually stayed around and listened to a story, you'd probably think, well, why is this pirate talking to me? <laughs> And then, unless you're at like a Renaissance Fair or a Pirate Festival, then it makes a whole different story. But I'm saying just on the street, just normal every day on the street, you'd be really enthralled. Even if you're at a Pirate Festival and this guy's telling a story. Oh, yeah. You'd be sitting there. Yeah. I'm going to just sit here all day. Just the way he tells it, the way he's looking. Heather would reach over and grab her hip flask and take some rum and just hang out there all day. Yeah. The reason this particular exposition scene made it into the film was really due to folks like us out there. Well, maybe not me, per se, but Heather. Somebody who needs that other stuff. Somebody who can't really read into it and be... is Well, somebody like Heather who's confused easily. Ah! The test screen revealed that people were confused by Bootstrap. Heather, for you, that's Bootstrap Bill Turner. He's the father of Will Turner, just in case you got lost there. And people were confused what really happened to him. So as a solution... people can't see what's going on. The middle finger? Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, people can't see this. And the daggers coming out of my eyes. Like One-Eyed Willie did to his crew? Yeah. I thought you were just doing that because you were doing pirate stuff. No. I thought you were like saluting me as well. But I I guess that's not. Maybe I have the wrong connotation for that. Yeah. So as a solution for people like Heather that really needed to understand what was going on here, 
the below deck scene was added to the film. So his name has been dropped multiple times, Heather Bootstrap. It's a catalyst for Will Turner and Bootstrap's actions. Well, really sending Will the Aztec gold starts the whole ball rolling with the entire plot of the film. Well, not necessarily the plot of the film, but the behind the scenes stuff. Because if Will hadn't been sent the medallion, he wouldn't have gotten on board the merchant ship. Barbosa wouldn't have been tracking it down. You guys have seen the movie, right? At least up to minute 103. <laughs> so you know what's going on. I don't Elizabeth have to rehash wouldn't that. wouldn't have had the medallion. Yeah, there we go. I don't have to <laughs> say this all over again. You guys are hanging with us. You've seen it. Then she wouldn't have cut her hand and Will wouldn't have had to bandage it for her and they fell in love. Heather actually has that written on her hand because she forgot the plot of the movie. Really? <laughs> That's the plot? The actions of the movie. So people were actually curious in the test screen. They're, what is this bootstrap all about? So you can imagine if the story that Pintel is telling us that, say, Bootstrap sent the medallion to Will and was then marooned on the island with Jack, that really would have been just a boring piece of garbage. And that would have fallen into the exposition trap of, man, yeah, this is really boring. Okay, he was out on the island with Jack. But we have a pirate telling us about being strapped to a cannon, thrown overboard. Well, that creepy, ominous ending to Will's father. Especially since we know he can't die. It really is like this tragic, your worst dreams have come true kind of deal right? that holds our attention. Yeah. And I could, all I could think is Will's got to be looking at this guy telling him of the story of his dad. And he's got to think these are the worst people in the world. Exactly. He's, to he's actually, actually pretty calm and collected. Human. Yeah. Sitting there listening. I mean, it's not like he can do anything, but no. you could. Well, Reach there your is, hands through the bars. There is that kind of cliched reaction that you see in all movies with a jail cell when somebody's behind one side of the bars and then you have the prisoner and something like that happens. They do reach their hands through to try yeah. and grab them. But Will is just a calm, cool, yeah. collected kind of guy. Like, you guys tortured my father, but yet... Will should have been actually saying, wait a second. So my dad, Bootstrap, you know, the guy you tied to a cannon, is still down there alive. Because he's immortal. Right. Or does Will know that yet, actually? Oh, Will doesn't know Will that. doesn't know that yet. So his Unless father's Elizabeth dead. told him. Will yeah, I don't know, know if she did, though. Yeah. Because that comes up. So I don't think she did. You think... I think we talked about this. Yes. We think, out of all things to be bringing up, that you'd say, wow, thanks for rescuing me. You have no hell of an idea what's going... No, she did tell him. The whole Aztec curse. They got rescued. They know... Will knows they need their blood. His blood to end the curse. Yeah, but does Will know that... They can't die? They can't die? It's a curse, I'm assuming. Skeletons? I'm assuming so. I don't know if he knows all that. So he what, he thinks that this is all just for some made-up curse? He, he, he really doesn't believe Elizabeth? Does, no, I'm saying I don't He's know like, if he oh knows... He's like, oh my God, the- this woman has heat stroke out on this island. Well, anybody with, a, with Jack out there on the island for that time would probably come back with heat stroke. Because of all the realm. But actually, that's even beforehand, or that's yeah. after. So, yeah. But she'd have maybe to tell she him. didn't tell him the whole thing. Why would you hold back that part? I don't know. That's a classic Seinfeld yada, yada, yada episode. I don't know. They, maybe he's so calm because he knows they can't die. We went on a date, yada, 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 got a kiss goodnight and went home. Yeah. And then they say, you yada, yada over the best part. Exactly. The most important part. So you're saying Elizabeth's like, yeah, they took me to this cave. Elizabeth Seinfeld. They were going to kill me, yada, yada, yada. You came and rescued me. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense. He has to know the whole truth. So he should have been thinking. And nothing but the truth. Nothing but the truth. Oh, classic Three Stooges. I hope that's what you were referencing. <laughs> that must be a first that we've actually 
referenced Three Stooges. <laughs> Anybody's probably referenced Three Stooges on a Pirates of the Caribbean talk. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is he should have clicked, clicked, clicked the chains together and linked. He should have clapped those ideas and irons and linked them together. That wait a second, yeah, that was really horrible, but. Wait, my dad's down there still alive? Yeah, I don't think he's thinking that. Uh, he can't be. He can't be thinking that yet. Because he would have probably reached through the bars then. Right. Like, ah! Yeah, I don't think he's thinking that his father's still alive on the bottom of the ocean. No, well, that's not good. No. He probably would have reached through the bars if that was the case. Yeah. Did you notice that the rest of the crew that's locked up in the other cell, I guess I'll call it, is actually listening to Pintel like they've never heard this story before they're like totally in tune as i don't think they have heard it do they don't know it at all why would they gibbs maybe yeah gibbs but the rest of the motley but even crew gibbs is totally focused on what pentel is saying that's because he's a fellow pirate too they're all enthralled with each other when they speak and tell stories and legends <laughs> that's how it works okay when any of them speak you have to just kind of drop your jaw a little and sit there intent of what's going on that's how it works okay it's like a magic spell. <laughs> well, Pentel, the way he's telling the story is a magic spell. Yeah, he is pretty cool. That leads me actually to what I hope we were all thinking is that Pentel and Rigetti really are great, awesome characters. Oh, yeah. Rigetti really shines in this minute. His mannerisms, his repeating like a backup singer, Pentel's story. Bootstraps, bootstraps. Yeah, this guy is not dealing with a full deck, obviously, but we can't look away. He's a car accident, and we know it's going to be bad, <laughs> but we have to look. We rubberneck this one. He is really awesome backing it up. And it's I think that it's hard when you have exposition and trying to tell this story and give the audience something it wants to know or needs to know, yeah. to have two people doing it. So it was almost genius to have Pintel giving it in this kind of pirate grizzledness, Yeah, that's a word. And then Rigetti kind of backing it up with his kind of aloofness and his crazy mannerisms. Well, he's got just like, makes it. He's back there with this like this nervous laugh type of thing, <laughs> you know. And then he's sitting there saying, repeating words that Pentel is saying. Yeah, they're a duo that are t made for each other. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, Getty's goofiness and the seriousness of Pentel—they really play off each other very well. That they do. Rugetti drops this comment. He says, stupid blighter. And this is about Bootstrap Bill. And then you can hear the love for Bootstrap in the background. Yeah. From, well, you can, you see him. It's from Gibbs. Yeah, from Gibbs. So obviously he was well liked because we saw Jack really likes him. But then there's also, and they didn't say that they didn't like Bootstrap. And you kind of get the feeling that even the Cursed Crew here like Bootstrap. They just didn't. Feel that he was part of the team at that point, and that's why Barbosa had to send him below with right. the cannon. Well, it, I have in my notes a little down the road when Pentel is talking about Bill Turner in the being sinking to the crushing black oblivion of Davy Jones. That Rigetti actually looks kind of sad. Yeah, about Bill's um, demise. Yeah, he actually just kind of bows his head and it just looks a bit sad and he doesn't actually start laughing until Pintel starts laughing yeah so it looks like we actually have a Pirates of the Caribbean first at least for Rigetti because he joins other illustrious characters in the movie by inventing a word that will go down into dictionary history 
That's blighter. Blighter is a disliked or contemptible person, mainly a British term, and synonyms include bastard, beast, jerk, and many other similar words. However, the first known use of the word, according to Merriam-Webster, is in 1797. Thus, Rigetti is a man ahead of his time. So like other words and phrases, Rigetti is joining our list of those who are now inventing words ahead of their time. So bravo for Rigetti. At least he has that gold star in a bunch of other half-star things. (laughs) He's got at least one gold star going on. Bravo for Rigetti and a new nickname for Scott. (laughs) I'm not... (laughs) You're the blighter. We also have another alert, which is awesome for this minute. It's an ADR alert. That's when Barbosa comes down to the brig and tells Pintel and Rigetti to bring Will. And that is clearly a dubbed line. Did you notice it? No, I didn't. You didn't look at it? I'm not even sure it is actually Jeffrey Rush saying it. Something is off about it, but it doesn't quite flow with the mouth movement. And the sound is maybe off a little bit, too. So it really reminds you of an old kung fu movie. Dubbed in English. Or Godzilla movie with the dubbed in English. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in that, when that's happening, I'm too concerned about the keys being thrown at Rigetti's face. But see, when you're so concerned about the keys being tossed at Rigetti's face, then you miss the whole point that Barbosa could just be mouthing the words when Jack the monkey captain is oh. on top deck actually saying those words, but he doesn't really like people to hear him talk. So this... So he's it's a great opportunity. Yeah, he's throwing his voice. It's wow. a great idea to bring back Jack the Monkey Captain hypothesis. It's a perfect opportunity. But yeah, it definitely is a dub line there. And I should probably go to the script to actually see what the line was supposed to be, or maybe it was, or they something was off about it. But like I said, they did add this scene because of screen tests. So I wonder if they had to get somebody else to fill in, or they just added that a little bit later mm. to make things flow. And being that poor bootstrap is now fishing with a cannon at the bottom of the ocean. I did. <laughs> That's ha- a nice way to put it. Yeah, well, I tried to soften it up a little bit. I did want to look into the Caribbean Sea. The deepest points of the sea lie in Cayman Trough, with depths reaching approximately 7,686 meters, which is about 25,220 feet. Despite this, the Caribbean is considered a relatively shallow sea in comparison to other bodies of water. And it has an average depth of 2,500 meters, which is about 8,202 feet. Using that average depth, poor bootstrap is under 3,659 pounds of pressure per square inch. So he's a pancake. He is not feeling happy. Not quite a pancake. He's actually a crepe. Yeah, he's not real happy about this situation, especially since he can't die. And it makes matters worse because his body is filled with vessels and channels that carry fluids. Not only your blood... But other fluids as well. As the pressure builds, your liquid-filled tissues, they don't necessarily collapse and they won't collapse because liquids have this higher pressure and don't shrink in volume. But your tissues aren't designed for that kind of pressure, so they'll rupture at some point. Yeah. So not only is he facing this rupturing cells, he'd actually have to make sure as he's going down to expel all the oxygen from his lungs because you don't want the air in there, basically with the pressure differences. You can't have the air in your lungs. That's the problem with a lot of this stuff. Or when you see movies with like submarines or things like that, when they sink down in the air, it starts to like compress and, and, well, kind of get like an implosion thing going on there. Yeah. So you don't want that, but you also don't want your cells being ruptured either. So Bootstrap is definitely not getting any happy thoughts while at the bottom of the ocean. 
But then there's the other question about his situation with Moonlight and then turning back and forth from skeleton to person. And basically, Bootstrap is in one hell of a situation because he's not getting any of those back and forth things, which is actually probably pretty good if you think about it. So sunlight entering the water may travel about 1,000 meters or 3,280 feet into the ocean under the right conditions, but rarely any significant light beyond 200 meters, which is 656 feet. That's not moonlight. We're talking full sunlight. Moonlight's not even close to that. Bootstrap definitely is not getting any moonlight action down there, which might be good since that would just restore him as he goes from, say, normal to skeleton and then back again, because that would really be brutal. If you're being restored to human, then you're turning to skeleton. You're like, oh, thank God, skeleton. But then you become human again, and so then you get crushed and you have all that pressure on you again. That's not good. It also crushes bones. Well, it's not. Well, no, it's not going to do that. No? I don't think it's going to do enough that. pressure to crush the bones? No. No? Okay. I don't think it's going to do that. But I'm not an expert on that. Because, you know, if animals die and they go down there, it's not going to crush their bones like that. Okay. It's just a lot of pressure. I Actually, I don't know. Now look what you've done. Now we have to research what actually happens when you're down that low. I think that more has more to do with like with the ruptured cells, not actually crushing your skeleton. Okay. Or if you actually had air in your lungs okay. or air in your body anywhere, because that's where the big problem comes from. But as long as he's not going back and forth, because even if he was, he's still not going to have any air in his lungs. So he's always going to be feeling like he's drowning no matter what. It's like a perpetual drowning all yeah. the time. And that just Isn't can't good. be good. No. So all I have to say to that is, good morning. Nothing says Aztec curse like ruptured cells and right? feeling like you're drowning every day. Yeah. That's just got to be crazy stuff. Yep. I don't even know if any of that made sense. Except that ruptured cells on bootstrap and feeling like you're drowning every day. Is Boy, they they really handed it to him. Yeah. You couldn't just it's, drop him off on Barbosa. an island? That shows you how, bar- how cruel Did they Barbosa think is. about that? Maybe they didn't know because they... D- they weren't diving back then, so maybe they didn't really have an understanding of that. They may not because they found out after that they needed his blood. Yeah, but they know that he would be alive. They knew he was immortal, right? Or did they know he was immortal? I don't know. Maybe they didn't even know that the curse was upon them. Yeah. So maybe, like, actually, we'd have to look at what Rigetti, or Pentel and Rigetti say in the irony situation. Did they just say it was afterwards that they learned that they needed his blood, right? It was after we learned we needed his blood to lift the curse. Yeah, so maybe that's hard to say. Does that mean that they knew the curse and they were immortal and they were skeletons, but they didn't know that they needed the blood to end the curse? Or does it mean they hadn't really figured any of the curse out and they dumped him overboard? So they didn't know that he would be down there drowning all the time. They figured he's just going to go down there and die. And it wasn't until afterward. That's something we'll have to check on. Yeah. This gets back to what Spencer has been asking for is really a timeline episode, kind of a timeline bonus episode where we really break down the timelines for, well, a lot of the expanded universe and how it leads into the films and then where the films take things as far as all of the storylines and stuff that are incorporated in all the movies and then how that goes, say, from Curse of the Black Pearl all the way to Dead Men Tell No Tales. That's definitely something we should do at some point. Yeah. Figure this all out. But yeah, as of right now, I don't know offhand if they knew that the curse was upon them or if they just needed the blood to end the curse or how that really works out. But either way, it's not it's good, brutal but... or it's very brutal if Barbosa knew that he'd be down there drowning all yeah. the time. That's just crazy stuff. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think that's like breaking. That's like when the thermometer goes into somebody's mouth on a cartoon and the mercury, because they used mercury at the time, exploded through the end because they were so hot. Yeah. That's Barbosa on the evil meter now, if he really knew that. He's just busting open that mercury on that thermometer, that evil meter for sure. Yeah. That's all I got actually for this episode. So I don't know if you have anything else. I just wanted to mention when Pintel yells at Rigetti, did you notice the reaction from Rigetti? He kind of like sh- jumps back, kind of shies away. I don't know. It's just kind of like, yeah, because they're almost playing- like Pintel re- <laughs> abuses a poor guy. <laughs> it's kind of like the, well, there's, they're kind of like the anti Laurel and Hardy or what's the other one? The, the famous duo. Abbott and Costello, you have mm-hmm. like the straight man and the funny man. I mean, they're both kind of funny men in a way, but yeah. Pintel is more of that straight man person and Rigetti is more of the Costello who is maybe getting hit with his hat or something mm-hmm. like that that you would see. Same thing with Laurel and Hardy. So I think he takes that kind of inferior position. He's like the, he's not the alpha dog in that situation. Right. So he gets kind of pushed around a bit for yeah. sure. That's all I had. Well, I am fairly glad that we could end on a bloody ruptured cell drowning bit. And I don't know why. Because that's the way you I always work. like to end on something like that. Yeah. That's the happy thoughts that keep people coming back every day. Yeah. I'll send you to the deep. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 104 of the Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Whale of a tale or two About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved On nights like this with the moon above A whale of a tale and it's all true I swear by my tattoo Heather! Heather! Pimey, she always disappears right after the show Get me my grog, she says Probably at the Faithful Bride Tavern Again Heather, are you in there? Bring me my grog, you scurvy barkeep Mother's love What are you doing in here? You always take off before telling everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. So get on with it, Savvy! I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. That means no. I know what it means. It means you're getting another rum, and I'm thanking the listeners. Thanks for listening, Scallywags. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. You just might feature your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. Now get out of here, you filthy bilge rats. Oh!